Okay, we're settled in? I believe so. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Father Knows Something. We have Miss Morgan. Hello. We have Mr. Justin. We don't have the dog, but we do have a new friend on the... Uh, oh, he's been there for a couple weeks. He has? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I have not noticed him. So I, I, I know I, I read a lot of comments and people were a little frustrated with me and I was traveling. So I was going to try to answer it. And I, I actually did say I'm going to you know uh, address it. But the sentence that I use or the comment that I always use of all bets are off until I say I do. So I wanted to start the episode by explaining how I came up with that and what, what it means to me. Over the years and course of being in relationships, I have been in relationships where I was disappointed by the relationship. And I'm sure I've been in relationships that other people were disappointed in the relationship. So I do find that sometimes we say things that we may not intend to honor. And when we don't set ourselves up for that, that disappointment, that we find that we don't have to be challenged with, 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 with the disappointment. Not saying that you can't make a commitment to somebody and say, I am not going to uh, be anything other than monogamous with you and you saying it to somebody else. But when that is said, it really should be fully meant and intended. And if it's not going to be fully met and, and, and attended to, it's almost better to say, I'm not going to make that commitment. I may not have a desire to date and you may not have that desire to date, but there's no, nothing binding us to that. So there's no disappointment that no one's lying to each other. And if you are going to date that we commit that we'll say, look, we're going to, we, we feel that we want to still date. And that disappointment is, is certainly taken off the table. And when you finally say, I'm going to marry somebody, it's, that's where you really set to each other. That is the commitment. That's why we're getting married. Now, that's only my opinion. I could be totally wrong in every aspect of what my thoughts are, but that's something that I've lived by. And I find that it works better because otherwise you, you, if you do have someone that's cheated on you, then you find out about it. It raises a whole other thing of that disappointment and that lie where if you said, I reserve that right. And they don't then that's okay. And if they do, it, it's something that was stated from the, be the beginning. At least everyone's on, on par that it can work both ways. Yeah, I think this is where it comes down to everyone doing what's right for them. Correct. And you might really value my dad's advice and opinions and what he says, but everyone needs to use their own best judgment and what works for them. And yeah. I think the way you work, where mm -hmm. you live by this whole all bets are off until you say I do, honestly might be a way of protecting yourself based on what you've gone through in the past. Correct. And so for some people that haven't been cheated on a lot and haven't had the experiences you've had, they don't have that mindset. Like they're okay being in only monogamous relationships and saying, I don't want to date anyone else. Whereas your life experience has led you to this point and you do that and you say that as a protection mechanism. 
Right. But at the same time, I've been with the same person for two years and I haven't dated anybody else. And But if you met someone tomorrow, you would. I meet people every day. If you met someone tomorrow that you were interested in, that, seriously, you would. Then I have the ability, without disappointing anybody, to do that because I haven't made any commitments to anybody. And that's not a realm of reality a lot of us live in. I, I, I get that. No, and it's just it's just recognizing I, the differences. I, I, it's, I get it's that. It's not that it's right or wrong. It's just everyone needs to do what's best for them. That is correct. And that that, that is the point of this whole thing is I wanted to explain it by saying, gee, this is the way to live your life. This is just the way that I live my my thought process and my life and when I date somebody because I don't want anyone to be hurt. I don't want to be hurt. And if they want to choose to be with somebody, they can be with somebody. Yes, I can appropriately deal with that concept. You know, they, they start dating. I can say, you know something? Obviously, I'm not offering something that they need. By being here every day with them or every night with them or sharing my life with them, and there, I can make that decision. Do I want to still work on this relationship or let this relationship go? But we all get, it all gets, no matter what happens, it gets down to that. Even if, if you have the commitment and, this, and the person you're with cheats on you, you still have the ability of making the choice. Do I want to be with this person that's going to lie to me? or cheat on me, or do I want to be with somebody that's going to be honest and direct with me and that we can talk about where we are in our relationship at that time. So it's, this is a, only a, a, a process of thought. And that's why when I say it, I want, I, I'm not telling anyone they have to live this way. I wanted to explain how I came up with this thought and we can go on from there because that's all it is. It's just an opinion. Everything on this show is only a thought process I have from my experiences. I've lived 65 years of, of, a, of a wild rodeo, basically. Been on the bull, off the bull many, many times. And with that being said, I only share my thoughts because you, if, if you go to your, your parent and you say, I want to have a question, can you answer it to me? What they're going to do is give you their experience. Mm-hmm. That's where all my advice comes from for everybody here is from my experience in just living and going through many facets of life. So if it doesn't work, that's okay. And if you tell me something that I, that I find that might not be the right direction, I'm okay with it because I know you also have to experience your own life. So that's why when people you know, ask me questions, I don't have any judgment upon you because I'm letting you get, you're doing the right thing. You're seeking the information. And you're trying to determine what works for you in the next course of direction, and we'll live in whatever that course is. We live with we we live with the the outcome of it. So, I hope that helped everybody, and I wanted to just get it, you know, said. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you're not a doctor, you're not a therapist, I'm you're not, just I'm a person. As you've said, you're just a dad out here giving advice. Mm-hmm. So if you guys feel that you know it doesn't fit. That's where you can go to the comments and also help these listeners and give your takes that might be more based on other experience that's more relevant mm-hmm. or the same experience, you know? So that's where you guys come in and fill the gaps. But nothing that gets said on this show is rule, law of the land. It's, it is you know. Not. And I learned from you guys as well. I've always said that, that you guys have ways of bringing things to my mind to, to help 
you know, change some of my, my thought processes, which is, which, which is fine too, because that's what life is all about. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this. Okay. So today's episode is all about dad problems, daddy dilemmas, and, you know, all that comes with it. Bring him mm. back, throwing it back to the first episode ever. Really? First episode was dad problems. Oh. But also, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And cheers uh, to you, single or not. We're all in this together. (laughs) And we all uh, definitely can say happy Valentine's Days and love one another. Yes. Let's get into this. Okay. Okay, so up first, so I, 23 female, have just moved across the world with my partner, 23 male. We had been living in the country that I am from for our schooling, but have just finished and have moved to the country that he is from for the next six months before I start more school. We are currently living with his parents because we are not here long enough to justify getting an apartment. Plus, it keeps the cost down and they have room for us. The problem is that my partner's father is a dot, 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 difficult person to get along with. He is a strong Trump supporter, even though we are not even in the U.S., and is quite temperamental. My partner and I have agreed that the best course of action is probably just to not engage with him about political issues because he wouldn't listen anyways, and it would just end up doing more harm than good. I understand that there is likely little good that can come from arguing. However, I am struggling with hearing him talk about socialists ruining everything and the stupid wonkies almost constantly. It is especially difficult as one of my degrees is in looking at social issues and many of the things he talks about are inaccurate. Another thing I find difficult is that it seems as if the whole family is scared of pissing him off at any moment. He is constantly making jokes at the expense of my partner's mother and then gets upset if people do not find them funny. She is honestly the sweetest person and I am so glad I am able to spend time getting to know my mother-in-law a little better, but it just makes it all the more upsetting to watch him treat her this way. I want to show her that she doesn't have to put up with this nonsense, but I also don't want her to feel as though she has to defend him. My partner is as frustrated as I am, but feels there's not much that can be done. And I'm a little worried that I agree with him. He is willing to support me if I try to correct political arguments, but I am the one who has better knowledge of things because it is what I have studied for the past four years. We want to be able to spend lots of time with mother-in-law, but unfortunately that means spending time with father-in-law as well. Sorry, this is all so long, but I guess my question is, how can I interact with my father-in-law in a way that is both productive, but also doesn't make me want to rip my hair out? And how can I support my mother-in-law better without alienating her? Tough, tough, tough road to to be on. I've always thought that when entangled a battle of wits with a fool in one, what have you won? So sometimes it's best not to engage. And you're going to have to be very disciplined if you want to live in that household just to stay very binary and off the sensitive areas. 
when he get tries to engage in politics, just walk away. I have friends that are very, very politically motivated, extreme right, extreme left. Everything is, is an extreme. And what I try to do is because if I don't have the, the knowledge to really get them to understand fully in depth every aspect of it, I don't engage with them. It's an invitation to get trampled on because they have their mind made up. If I have a, a feeling of something that I want to do to change uh, something, I certainly have the ability of writing letters to my councilmen or my senators. If I feel passionate, they may read it, they may throw it out. And that's about as far as I can really do, or I can become an activist. You, as far as dealing with them, I think it's simply as don't engage something that's going to be a battle. Try not to pit yourself between your mom and him. Uh, your mother-in-law, support her by doing things with her that will be fun for you guys. If she opens up and talks to you, you can just say, you know, you have your choices. You know, you can do that. But you really can't become her savior. She has to be her savior, but you can be her friend yeah. and be her support. And I think that is about as best as you can do. And again, as you're with him, try to let, if, if he can't control himself, try to limit the, the politics. You may even go up to him one point in time and say, you know, I really just don't feel comfortable talking about politics. It's not something that I really feel comfortable, you know, aware enough with you. I respect that you have your views and I, you know. Yeah. I think I've had experiences in my life where there's very sensitive topics, political or not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can be very knowledgeable on a certain topic. And when someone is just going out there and saying all these things and a lot of times, honestly, in my life, it necessarily hasn't been political because I'm not like her studying all of this. Mm -hmm. And when someone's going on and on about things, and you're just like, oh man. And you just like, it's very hard, especially when you're very knowledgeable on a topic to not jump in. But I've learned as I've gotten older, it's just, you know, you just go like, Cool. All right. So what have you been up to lately? How's like X been? How's the, the weather been? How's this been? And you just like, whatever. I mean, it's, it, you, you almost become an expert at just diverting and keeping on like this, you're on this, like this zigzag path, keeping it cool because it's not like a friend that you can just walk away from and end the friendship. This right. is someone who's in your life. So you don't want to create these issues where it goes like this and then every family gathering, everything from then on is just big and awkward and messy. And it's just nice to stay on that zigzag path and just roll right along. It's fucking hard though. When it you have hard. someone, when you have someone spewing the most incorrect, <laughs> hateful bullshit, it is so hard to listen to. But I think you're dealing with a lot of cultural differences here too i don't know where you are but the dad that you're describing kind of gives me some worry for the mother-in-law like i don't want to see the mother-in-law get put in a situation where she could become abused because the father-in-law becomes so angry and then takes it out on her and i don't want to assume a lot you know with all these write-ins we get we don't have all of these answers so we make assumptions but his behavior of putting her down and making her the expense of all of his jokes and this and that it just it doesn't give me good vibes and so 
I think as hard as it is to bite your tongue when you're dealing with people like this, you're there for six months. Try to walk away. Don't engage. You're not going to get anything out of this. I would also try to get your mother-in-law out of the house. You're in a new place. Take her to lunch. Go do free things around the city. Mm-hmm. Adventure. See nature. Go to get coffee. You know, take her out and spend time with her. And maybe she can build her confidence up and see her worth. But you can't say anything. It's not. It's not your place. And depending on the culture, they might not believe in divorce. They might just kind of put up with these things. Like, um, I don't know if any of you saw the. It's a show on Netflix. It's called From Scratch. It's with Zoe Zaldana. Zaldana? I did not Zaldana. It's amazing. It's about um, it's about this woman who travels to Italy, meets a man there. Um, she's black. He's Italian, but he's from a certain part of Italy that, like other Italians, are kind of racist against. And they they go through all of these you know trials and tribulations together, but his mom and dad, more specifically, his dad doesn't support their marriage. And so the dad says to the mom, you cannot go to their wedding. The dad kind of runs the show. And that was just the cultural thing. The mom Mm -hmm. did not go to her son's wedding in fear of the father's wrath. So there's a lot of dynamics that could be at play here. And I just think you just you're not going to win. And so it's best to look after, I personally think it's best to look after your own health and well-being and try to keep yourself busy and out of this house and this environment if you are finding it really toxic. Yeah. The only one that could really have anything that might uh, offer some safety is the husband to talk to his father. And he may not be willing to go cross that bridge also. And that's why you may say that, hey, we we may need to just get out of here where we can function because I can't, t- it's, it's all how much your your meter can handle until mm-hmm. you're just above here. I, so. uh, six months is a long time for me. I, I'd be out after two weeks. Um, but we do have some ideal in ideal outcomes and additional info. Okay. Ideal is for my father-in-law to stop belittling the morals and ideals that I identify with and that my mother-in-law would be able to see her worth, though this seems unlikely, though. I guess the smaller outcome would be to be able to enjoy our six months here without the tension I feel that we are experiencing now. Additional info, just that we are a little tight on money for these next six months and want to focus on using what we have saved to spend time with friends and family while we are here. I've been here a few times and have made some good friends. There you go. Like, given all this info, I think it would be fair that maybe you have your partner have a conversation with his dad and just be like, hey, you know, I know you're, you believe in this and we believe in something else. Do you think, you know, while we're here, do you think we could keep politics conversation to a minimum? Like, so anyway, just, you know, for all of our sakes that we could not discuss politics and you can try to set that boundary and have that conversation. Not you, your partner. And his dad. And his father may just turn around and say, my house, my rules, you don't like it, get the fuck out. And then that's how you proceed forward and you just ignore, ignore, ignore. Don't give him the bait. He's trying to bait you. It's it's to get something and just don't don't take the bait. That's that's the that's the best best one I got right there. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Don't don't jump on it. Stay away from it. Religion and politics, don't go there. 
Keep yeah. It, keep it keep it very, very vanilla, very we, benign. We had a, during sorority recruitment, we had this thing. It was like, don't talk about the bees. Booze, the Bible, Barack, boys. And Barack was the president at the mm-hmm. time. So it meant like politics, politics. but it was mm-hmm. like, it was, it was, it was funny. Made you remember everything. But okay, moving along. Okay, up next. Hello, Jerry. I absolutely love you, Morgan, Justin, and the podcast. My problem is with my boyfriend's father. Me and my partner have been together for four years, and in the last year, his father has become creepy. The first instance was after we'd spent the afternoon with his parents at their house, and as we hugged goodbye, he put his hand on my bum. I tried to explain it away at the time, but when we got to the car, I told my partner— He wasn't happy, but I did think maybe his father didn't realize he had done it because it wasn't necessarily a grope, just kind of placed his hand. Another instance was I got a pair of jeans delivered to their house, and when we went to pick them up, he was insistent I go and try them on, and I could use their bedroom. He was very specific that I use their bedroom and told me where it was. I know where their bedroom was, as I've been to their house many times, but not had a need to go in there ever and haven't been in there since. I got changed in the bathroom. Me and my boyfriend also discussed this in the car afterwards and were laughing about how ridiculous it was. Then, over Christmas, we went there for lunch. Every time I walked past him, he insisted on hugging me, saying how lovely it was to see me, saying I looked beautiful. He also said after hugging me for maybe the fifth time that he was just a huggy person, but he didn't hug my partner as much, just when arriving and leaving, or their other guests, or my partner's mom, his wife. It was only me. The most recent incident was when we were there and I needed a shower, and again he insisted I change in their bedroom, and again told me where it is. I didn't. I went into the bathroom and changed and did everything in there and had my boyfriend stay in the bathroom with me just in case he tried to walk in because he could say he had forgotten I was there or something. I'm unsure how I feel about all of this. I don't know whether he is just trying to be affectionate and make me feel comfortable in their home. My boyfriend is very supportive and believes me in everything I've told him, but is letting me take the lead in how I want to handle it. But I don't know how I want to handle it. His father hasn't touched me in any way again, except for the excess hugging at Christmas. But again, is he just trying to be affectionate? I would like your opinions. When I've spoken to friends, they agree it's creepy and worry he's placed a camera somewhere. But my boyfriend said he wouldn't be that smart. So what do you guys think? Shall I even try and address it with him? Or is it innocent and I'm reading into it too much? Well, I definitely thought the same thing about the camera. Same. I was like, there's a camera in there. There's 100% a camera in that bedroom. You know, some something is there that he's trying to collect something. You don't have yeah. to be smart to order a camera on Amazon. Um, and they're so sneaky now, They're too. so sneaky. Look at all the Airbnb videos on TikTok. Like, it's absolutely disgusting. If you guys don't know this, there's a trick on your phone's camera. If you shut all the lights off and turn your camera on and scan stuff, 
your phone camera will actually pick up the infrared lights from really? from hidden cameras. And you so, can see them, yeah. And you can see them. So always check your Airbnbs. There's other devices you can buy that will register cameras. Oh, you gotta you got you gotta practice that at home. Then. I mean, people are so sneaky. There's now a USB outlet that looks like a camera. I mean, there's everything. I I don't think there's an object it can't be in now. I, you can't trust. Yeah. You just can't. No. But. And people are creepy. Uh, I would always trust your your judgment. Trust your instincts and that way, you know, you can act accordingly. Yeah. I I definitely get the vibe. He's getting something out of hugging you, whether that's feeling... I know you don't say... There's no genders mentioned in this one or what you identify as, but maybe he's caught, like, the pressure of the hug. I don't know. Like, I, I personally hate hugging people. I hate squishing my boobs up against them. I hate people touching me. Like, I just, I'm, I just, this grosses me out a lot. And I definitely think he's getting something out of these hugs. Otherwise, why isn't he hugging everyone else? I've always been a huggy person. I hug guys that are friends of mine. I hug, you know, women that are friends of mine. Give them a hug. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't go on consistently through the night, five and six times. It's weird. Yeah. Well, like with people coming in our studio all the time, it generally every time if people walk in or walk out, mm-hmm. like at the beginning or end of the session, it's usually a hugging matter. But I always generally approach with the one arm kind of side. <laughs> Like I lead with that. Yeah, the respectful and then, hug. Then if it's like, you know, then if someone goes for the full hug, it's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we're like, like hugging is clearly just as friends. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing here. But, you know, if from a being a guy, I generally like to lead with the side hug. Like, oh, hey, like that was great and whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's this, this, right. this, this, this is, this is, a, this is a full blown tilt. And I always say when someone, you know, has something within their instinct that's, that, that feels, look, we're not in their skin, but they certainly feel a little, uh, you know, compromised. So I would certainly, you know, respect that. Well, okay. So going forward, mm-hmm. do you find it is their place to confront their father-in-law or do you feel that, you know, their partner should be the one kind of plain buffer or like how would you manage this going forward i think that if if he i really would say that it, it might be their choice to say something the next if the guy you know the father-in-law comes and gives an excessive hug and say i'm really not comfortable with all our hugs i mean i'm i just wasn't raised that way i, I I'm, I'm okay with a hug but anything over that gets to put me in an uncomfort zone Mm-hmm. And if if you could respect the fact that I just feel uncomfortable for now, yeah, just you know ease back a little bit. Well, I think it could be her and the boyfriend because I think what I'm from the end, what I took from the end is like boyfriend is ready to proceed in whichever way I see fit. Yeah, which doesn't necessarily mean boyfriend's being like you go take care of this. This is your problem. Mm-hmm. I see it more as boyfriend's on standby. You make the choice. If you want me, us to go talk, to bring this up, I'm game. That's what I'm reading in for the boyfriend. So I think just, 
I, I wouldn't fall into the thought that this is all just happenstance. It's It seems too much for it to be that with the bedroom thing and the changing and the mm-hmm. the ask, like touch, not grab, but touch, whatever. And then the hug, it's definitely hitting what you're saying is what, what, like your gut. What happens if the person, if they would go into the bathroom, do your cell phone thing, turn off the light, see if your cell phone picks up any of the infrared and then has a real argument to come back and say, what the fuck is this? I mean, the thing is, that's what's tricky because it's not necessarily the bathroom because he's not pointing out the bathroom. He's saying the bedroom. And it's like, sure, you could have your boyfriend sneak off and go like use his phone in their bedroom to look for a camera, but they'll turn around and be like, oh, you know, we... We didn't want to bring that up, but that's just, you know, that's for us. That's something like, you know, we as a couple are into. And that's for the dog. Exactly. You can love watching the dog when we're at work. It's security. So really, because it's the bedroom play, it's like, you're not going to get anything. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there's cameras in the bathroom too. There could be, for sure. I wouldn't be comfortable honestly in this house with this vibe like personally I would be weirded out and I'd be checking all of the stuff I I think it's weird I don't know what parent or in-law would insist so aggressively to use their bedroom yeah that's like interesting. when there's a perfectly good guest bath and bathroom I got a question do all these cameras have infrared or not all of them I'm not sure that would require further research that is a uh, yeah. So it may not even have. But there's infrared. a device. There is a device that like you can scan. You can order off Amazon and it scans for like the frequency or whatever really? they mm, emit. So crazy. We've gotten to there, like to this as a society. <laughs> I, it's disgusting. Wherever you stay, even hotels, like now. It's oh my gosh. The, it's, the mirror in your hotel room, you can't trust. You can't. I mean, mirrors and dressing. Well, and rooms. the thing is, it's like it's not necessarily. I, I'm not going to throw out brands, but you go to any nice hotel or not, there's no telling that, like, certainly it's may, probably not, more likely not the manager or the owner. It could be, like, the employee that's just on that day. Right. And or, they just... Like, or the person that was in that room before, yeah. they installed the camera, and then they're going to come back. Like, yeah, there's true. so many videos I've seen on TikTok of people that leave stuff in hotel rooms on purpose to then come back and see if it's still there. Like, they'll like to see if the bed's clean. But I saw another video of this couple that was, I think they were at like a Best Western and they were flipping through the channels and they got to one channel and it was a camera aimed at a toilet. And, I saw that too. And the manager comes to their room, can't figure out where this camera feed is coming from. It's not supposed to be on their TV. Mm-hmm. So it was a camera that was either connected to Wi-Fi to transmit what it was capturing to the person that put it there and it accidentally got on their channel like the hotel couldn't figure it out so wow it's always like i am fully in the boat of like it's better to be safe than sorry and your privacy like it's weird the fact that you ordered jeans and he's like go try them on let's see what they look like he wanted to see your ass in those jeans otherwise like why suggest it this is this and I'm not sure how you identify, but I know for me personally, as a woman, I think we try to like, oh, I'm just being paranoid. Oh, I'm just being, I'm just being weird. Like, oh, I'm that over, a- I'm overthinking things. I'm overanalyzing things. And 
at the end of the day, don't trust your gut because this is not right. I agree. We do have ideal outcome, though, and anything else. So let's see if it changes our opinions over here. Ideal to find a compromise without breaking up relationships between me, my partner, and his parents. They are lovely and accepting of me, and I don't want to ruin anything. Additional info. The reason I've needed to shower and get packages delivered there is because me and my partner live in a van, and they live closest to us. Plus, I don't have a great relationship with my dad, who's my closest parent. Therefore, I can't use his place to shower or get packages delivered. My partner and his parents have had a very rocky relationship, but it is improving, and I don't want to ruin that for him. Plus, I adore his mom. She's an absolute angel, and I wouldn't want to lose her. Nothing changes. Right. Trust your gut, and that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. I would really, if it does become persistent, I would really... Uh, step forward on your own and have a discussion with him and leave everybody else out of it and just say, I'm, I'm not enjoying this vibe. And if you, if it's innocent, I'll respect that, but please respect my space because it's triggering me. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that I'm reading into now with the ideal and the anything else, yeah, it's furthering what you just said. It, you cannot look at it like you are breaking this family up. You are causing his problems with his parents to like, yeah, it's great that the relationship is on the mend and you've been a party to that, but this is not you hurting these relationships. Yeah, This is clearly 100% the dad. Mm-hmm. This has nothing you like you would have no blame or guilt in this at all. Mm-mm. This is 100% all on him and you there's nothing to feel bad about with that nothing if you do want to just maintain the relationship i think you could see about a p.o box and like you can get the cheapest one and i think it's like at least my location was like a hundred dollars for six months for the cheapest one and then they hold big packages for Mm -hmm. you um and then I just learned the other day that depending on your insurance they'll pay for gym memberships and granted, okay, public gym versus your partner's parents' house, like which one's going to be feeling the best, but, um, taking the shower at the gym. I'm, I mean, there's a lot of options. If you do find that instead of rocking the boat and confronting him, you just want to like keep the peace and like pursue other means of like these things. And plus, depending on the gym, like they could have locations all over. Yeah. So if you're traveling in your van, it might be a great way to like always have facilities you can use. But van life, that sounds really fun. Oh, something. I'm so all over the place today with my ADD. But I was going to say, too, the next time he brings up using their bedroom, I would just put your foot down in that moment and say, hey, I'm not comfortable using your bathroom. That's your private space. I'm totally fine in the guest bath. That's what I'm going to use. Thank you for the offer, though. And just go check shut for, it down. And check for cameras. Send Definitely him, check for send you know, that. Send that, your does, that does send a, a just a very minimal message because yeah. he would be caught off guard if you're like, mm, no, I'm I'm more comfortable using. Like it would be like, I mean, it starts to put this ball in motion where things are either going to reveal themselves or get a lot weirder. Well, and if he's just being nice, like. In the off chance he is just being nice and isn't good with social cues and personal boundaries, he might just be like, 
oh, well, our bathroom is nicer. It's it's just use ours. And it's like, no, 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 I'm more comfortable with this one. It's like, okay, that's all right. Yep. If he's truly just being nice, there won't be an issue. And then maybe the next time he won't suggest it. Exactly. So I think it would be a good way to like feel things out. I'm with you. Okay. Moving along. Hi, Jerry. I love this podcast and and Morgan over on Two Hot Takes as well and everyone else in between. (laughs) Justin, I'm having trouble with my mom and her new partner. My mom, 48 female, and her new partner, 48 male, are getting married in April of 2023. I'm having a lot of trouble accepting it as she is only with him because my father died in a car accident almost two years ago now. They had been together 30 years, and I couldn't imagine seeing them with other people. My dad was taken from us quickly by a heart attack, and it was very sudden for all of us. Unfortunately, he was driving, and that caused his death. I fully admit I still haven't come to terms with it. I'm a daddy's girl. It's very hard for me to live without him, and everything I do every day reminds me of him. More to my problem. It's my mom. Her new partner, don't get me wrong, is lovely, but I just can't get past the fact that he isn't my dad. My mom has only been with him just over a year and found him a month after my dad's accident. This caused me and all of her loved ones to feel like she's moving on too quickly. Her partner can be very pushy about being a, quote, family, and so I have to set strong boundaries. He is not my stepdad never will be, and he knows that, yet he still tries to call me his daughter. I have a dad. I have no interest in having another one. I'm just having so many mixed feelings about my mother and him because I feel like she's jumping into it too quickly and may regret it later. She pretty much looks after him. He doesn't cook or clean. He does have a job and lots of money, which is also why we think mom jumped so quickly. We've never been poor, but we weren't exactly ever well off. Now, mom doesn't have to worry about her finances at all. I need help with accepting that this is her life now, but how do I do this? She won't mention my dad anymore, and anytime I bring him up, it is met with silence or a change of the subject. Ideal outcome? Please help me understand how to be happy for my mom without completely losing my respect for her. Everything she's choosing to do is out of character. I just want to be happy for her without feeling like a horrible person for not liking her partner. Additional info. I am a 21-year-old female and have a partner, 21 male. We've been together six years, and my dad was very close to him as well. He also struggles with the concept of my mom being with someone else. We live two and a half hours away from them, but they come to visit often. I don't ever get to see my mom without him anymore, and it's getting harder and harder for me to cope. Even when she is around without him, she answers every phone call, even if I'm trying to have a serious conversation with her. I've never gotten on well with my mom, and this doesn't help. There's a couple things that are going on. Um, Certainly, the the not releasing the, the relationship that your mom had with your dad. And you don't have to release that. That is a relationship that was part of your family and part of, you know, what made you part of you. And your dad was very, you know, much a part of your daily life. But also at this point in time, your dad, which you totally recognize, is, you know, physically not here. Your mom is 
might just be a person who needs to have someone in her life. She may need that extra, whatever that is that a relationship brings. She certainly didn't take time to grieve and find herself and be her own person. Going through that grieving process does enable you to, to become more you and more that you don't have to be reliant on someone else for your happiness. But there's nothing in the world that's going to make her listen to you to go take that time. That, that ship has sailed. She's made a decision. And all you can really do is hope for the best since you don't live with them. They're not a, it doesn't affect your life. It affects your mom's life. She's an adult. You just have to support her in her decision to say, mom, if you found a guy you like to spend time with and that you want to give love to and that, that whatever love that he's able to give you back, it works for you, that's okay. I, I want to make it clear to him, if you can help me, if I'm going to try to make it clear to him on my own that I respect the love that he has for you. And I respect the fact that you have love for him. So, so you, you feel, but I'll accept him as a person in your life, but he's got to really realize that I did have a father and he's not because he's your husband doesn't make him my dad. I want to get to know him. I'd like to be able to like him, you know, as we go forward and spend more time with him. And, and, and hopefully as, as, as we are a family, hopefully I can recognize him and learn to appreciate him as the man in your life that he treats you with love and care and respect. And that's really where you where you need to be at this point in time. You know, you're, you're 21 years old. You've just lost your dad. It's, it, that's a, that, that's a whole different gig. He's been the only man in your life. He was your hero. It was his shoulders that you were, that you were bouncing on. I get that fully for whatever reason, the universe has brought this new chapter to you. So I would hope that you will engage in the new chapter with an open, with an open heart and understanding where your mom is. And I'm glad that you have your boyfriend and that he's been in your life for six years and you guys loved your dad together, that he was also very close to him. But cut your mom some slack on this one. This is her mistake to make and you can't stop her from making the mistake or her, or maybe that's the wrong word, or her success. It, this is her next, her next chapter. And the chapter may work out to be great. And the chapter may work out to be a failure. We just don't know. She may find out she didn't get what she was looking for. But that's up to her to figure out and for you just to be there and be a loving daughter to support her, whatever that choice is. No different than she's a mom to, to support your choices and decisions. That's what we do as a family. We, we may not always agree, but we have to respect that we're now at the age that we are going to make our own choices and take our own direction. So that's what I'm hoping that you'll do. But certainly have the discussion with him and, and not be bitter when you say it, just say, I would appreciate it because it triggers me when, when, when you say that. And if you go to somebody tell, you know, with any kind of compassion or intelligence, and use a combination thereof and say, please don't do that because it, it, in my mind, you are really trying to be a replacement and there is no replacing of that man. That man will always be my father. And you are someone that, that loves my mother and cares for my mom. And I respect that. And I hope that you guys 
are able to to grow with your in your relationship. That's my that's my thoughts. Yeah, that's a good way to set the boundary for sure. Cuz that would be I think that would be the most annoying part to me. Um I think from your mom's point of view, she's probably I mean, geez, after 30 years, she's probably going through something that is not being shown. I just, I think there's so much that she just instantly pushed down and is ignoring and didn't confront, didn't go through the the Mm -hmm. grief. So that's an element in this. The other thing that I think plays into that, that mostly stuck out from this, right? And for me is the fact that you literally cannot bring up your dad and then when you do it's just silent like that would drive me nuts because that's just furthering kind of this issue and this divide between you your mom and your i mean your mom's partner i don't know even yeah and so it's so it just really that would sit wrong with me i think setting the boundary with him is is clear i don't know if there's some eventually you and your mom connect on a, on a different level where you can really have this deep discussion. But if not, then I would stick to the boundary and then, you know, control what you can control kind of mm-hmm. like what you were saying and look out for yourself. And I wouldn't be afraid to bring up your dad and talk about him and absolutely. Like, talk about him. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's like how that, you... that could also be very telling about your mom's partner is if he starts getting weird about you bringing up your dad, then that, that that's where you set this, that's where the boundary, like it's not even, a, that's when it becomes this brick wall that's impenetrable. It's important. I, sorry, go on. I just want to say it's really important that he understands and he acknowledges freely the importance of your father in your life and her life that made her happy for 30 years and she loved he, she had children with, she had a family. This guy was a great dad. He's got to respect that man. Yeah. Before you guys go anywhere, he's got to really acknowledge and respect him and be comfortable with his own self, where his love for, and, and where their next chapter is. I, I certainly knew that my sister lost her husband at a young age. He was 50, or maybe he was, a little, he was 53, 54, and he passed away of a heart attack. And she certainly went through grief. And he was an amazing man. He did, you know, raise her children. He was fantastic. And she met another man who is also amazing, brilliant in his own way, and loves her. And lo- And there are many dinners where we would have and we would make a toast to her to her husband who has passed. Right. All yeah. of us. He would recognize it because he knew the love that this man gave her. So that takes a secure man. Yes. And you would want nothing in, in your, your, I would hope that your mom would recognize that he is a secure man and not insecure because if he's insecure, there'll be other problems later, but that's something for her to figure out. Judging by the sounds of this write-in, I don't think the mom has gone through the grief process at not, all. I agree. I think meeting this person a month after her partner, mm-hmm our writer's dad passed was a distraction and she poured everything she had into that relationship yep. versus even acknowledging 
the grief. Denying, denying. I mean, she was just, I'm sure after 30 years, she is just trying not to drown and not to completely lose her fucking mind and marbles. I think you, our writer, if you are not already in therapy, I think you should pursue it. I think if you can find someone who specializes in grief counseling, that would be even better. I would try to get involved in some grief support groups, um, whether that's like, I know for um, someone I follow, they're a part of this like dead moms club. And yes, it sounds morbid, but it's for women that have lost their moms. And it's just an amazing Mm -hmm. group by the looks of it. And so I would see if there's something like that for you. And if you can't talk to your mom about your dad, you know, who are you talking to? And I think that might be a great way, but it'd be healthy for both of you, actually. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, my only thing is I'm like, I get, I get so many red flags by this, like someone who meets someone a month after their partner of 30 years, years dies and they're willing to jump into this relationship and love bomb them and try to, oh, I'm your stepdad and do all this. It's, it's giving some red flags, at least like maybe for me, I've, I've also seen a lot of weird movies where something like this could go down and, you know, he's apparently got a lot of money, but maybe he's just got a hundred K in credit card debt. And so I, if you want to protect your mom while also respecting her, Mm -hmm. I think you could have a conversation about like a prenup and just say, you know, have you talked about a prenup? Are you guys doing a prenup? Like, I just want to make sure you're protected at the end of the day. That is so real. That's out there where you have no idea who you're getting really involved. It takes a year before you even begin to know somebody. I mean, this is all very fast. And Mm -hmm. this to me feels very predatory. Mm -hmm. She's a grieving widow and Mm -hmm. he swoops in. Mm -hmm. There are people out there that absolutely it's not like this is out of the realm of possibilities. So, Mm You know, she loves him. And if he loves her, like, why not? Let's Take your have time. A, let's have a prenup to protect both of you. Like. One, one last, one last thing on this. Mm-hmm. Just, just like in my mind. If he is in a good world, if he is just a genuine good guy who met her at a very interesting time, but is very genuine and is stepping into this very interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's a good guy okay, yeah. with no problems. I'm going to go with That's that. That's the only way that this comment applies. If he is that, that good person, there is an element for a man to step into this relationship where the partners, you know, you have a, a, a dad that's gone, you have a partner that's gone to step into that role. There could be some guy like this that, really tries to step in and fulfill that role and try to heal this family. And like, I'll be the dad for you. I'll like, whatever. It may be very, I, I can't tell unless I'm standing there and hear the way he says these things to you. Just if it isn't necessarily directly pointed, like, no, I'm your dad now. And like getting that vibe, (laughs) then maybe just see how it does evolve with him. How long has it been? A year. Um, very quick. With like him in the picture. The dad passed. It's like a year and a month ago. So the dad passed in a car accident almost two years ago. 
And the mom met him about a month after the dad passed. Okay. So maybe at this point you'd have your radar pretty solid on what his intentions are as far as his relationship with you. Yeah. Well, because I was just thinking, you know, it is awkward to come into that situation as the new guy. And I, I just was saying, you know, maybe if you start bringing up your dad more and he doesn't have a weird resistance to it and he actually engages with you and asks you and asks you to more about him and talks to you about him, there could be some really great relationship that blossoms there. Mm -hmm. But this far in your radar, if you're picking up the fact that he is kind of also uncomfortable talking about your dad because of your mom or whatever the weird dynamic is, then then throw that all out. But I just wanted to say, yeah, there have been other write-ins where I think there is this beautiful coming together of with not replacing your dad and not and also not trying to be your new dad, just a new person in your life. You know, there can there can be a, a good relationship there. Just yeah. not to toss it out. But if you're getting those vibes, then well, I think especially too if it's like. I'm going to be your stepdad. And it's like, no, I'm good. And you draw that boundary, but he keeps doing it. Like, See how the boundary is received, like, for sure. But it sounds like they have done that and drawn oh. the boundary because there was a comment about I've had to like have very solid boundaries. And it's like, this dude might just have a screw loose. Like he might be off his fucking rocker. That's true too. Because if you have to set a boundary once and say, hey, it makes me uncomfortable when you say that. You're not my dad. I lost my dad. That should be the end of the story. Like any good guy coming in would be respectful of someone that just lost their dad and not try to push boundaries. So. Oh yeah. I I mean, if he's pushing boundaries, yeah. then, then disregard. Yeah, no, we don't, we that, don't know. It's all hypothetical, but it's like, you just want to shake his ass. Like just dude, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm Don't just, make this harder on someone after such a traumatic big loss. We don't know, you know, how it was coming across. There's things that we don't, you know, we just don't know. That's why when I suggested have this conversation and, and do it in a way that's that's non-offensive, uh, then it might be it might go well where he'll respect it. I, again, we don't know this guy. We don't know if he is simply a player and he's playing the mom. Two years, you know, we're gonna after two years of being with someone, you have an idea if they have money, if they don't have money, if they're using the mom's money, if you know she's trying to. Uh, buy him cars and do things that typically he would be doing on his own. We have no idea what's going on in, in this, this area, but it's really important that she has the conversation with her mom to say, you know, I don't want to forget dad. I want to be able to freely talk about dad with you. I recognize that this guy gives you something in your life that, that makes you feel good. And I support whatever makes you happy, but you know, Let's just see how it goes. I mean, it'd be nice if you guys waited a little longer. I mean, I don't mind that, you know, I think it's great that you're together. And I'm certainly not suggesting that you not be together. But maybe it's, since it's such a permanent thing and he's the first man that you were with, do you have any doubts in this mom? You know, where where is your head? Talk to me about it because I worry about you. You're my mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are all good conversations. Yeah, definitely. And... You know, it's hard, especially, um, I know our writer here says, I've never really gotten on well with my mom and this whole situation doesn't help. Right. So these might not be the easiest conversations mm -hmm. to have, but all you can do is have them, especially in terms of like making sure she's protected. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if there was a life insurance policy that 
you know, she now has a million dollars because your dad passed and this is what she's spending on him. And it looks like he has money, but it's, again, it's worth know. having a conversation, at least bringing things up and saying, let's make sure you're protected. Like, what's the hurry? But haha, right. okay, if you continue, like, let's make sure you're protected. Right. I mean, there are so many people out there. Some people are, are genuine and they're great and they're wonderful. And some people have very nefarious goals. Yeah. And you don't know most times until it's too late. Right. And it it's real. It's all real. We hear these stories every day. And you know, when they write movies about this stuff, they they come up with the shit from somewhere. So, yeah. you know, just the conversation has to be non-offensive and not defensive, it has to just be real and loving. And that will keep her from getting uh, you know, her her shields up to, right. to to allow you in. Right. All you really care about is your mom's best interest, and if you, you know, bring that back because you're out of the picture. I mean, you have you're you're moving on with your life. You're an adult at this point. Yeah. Okay. I hope this helps keep us posted. I would love that. Okay, moving along. Hi, Jerry, Justin, and Morgan. This may be a long one. I have no family or people to turn to about my issue. I, 23 female, have been with my partner, 25 male, and we have been together for six years and have a daughter who is five. So where to begin? I come from a single mom home and he comes from a two-parent household who lived a pretty good life. I always had to work for what I have and on the other hand, he's never had to. So here comes the issue. The first three years of our daughter's life, he didn't work and I picked up the slack and worked my ass off making sure we were taking care of everything and paying for everything while also constantly in battles with his family. And after time, I fell out of love with him, but stayed for who knows what reason. I don't know how to let him go because if I do, he has nowhere to go. And I feel as if he would walk out of our daughter's life, but I'm in a really bad place mentally. And he is a good father sometimes. He does choose his game over us more than anything, and I could go on and on about what he does that's not right, but we would be here forever. I do give him chance after chance, but he's not showing any improvement. Oh, and yes, he does work now, but is barely bringing in any income to help us live. And this is by choice. He can get any job paying more in his career field. Electrician but chooses not to because he has too much work. So I pick up all of the slack and work long hours and days. I'm sorry for rambling. I just need advice on how to go about letting go of the father of my child, who I basically grew up with and not being the family I always dreamed of. Well, it sounds like she lost respect for him for the, for the lack of work and what was going on. So when she lost respect, she lost her love for him. It would be different if he was really trying to to jump in and try to participate and help. And that is, you know, something that goes on in real life. So saying that you're on your own, if you're not in love with them, I would say goodbye. I mean, it's this isn't your 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 responsibility at this point in time. What do you see? I see someone who is already a single parent. It's really hard to be in a relationship with someone who has no problem letting you tread water and drown. Like, 
you were working for the first three years of your daughter's life. You were working, carrying the team, carrying not only yourself, but a baby and a partner. And you had no help for three years. I understand stints of unemployment and mental health issues and all that. But three years is a long time to watch your partner struggle and not step up and help and be a better partner and parent. And so I just, I completely understand falling out of love with him. I would too. After someone that I love watched me struggle for three years. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of resentment and other feelings, but I think as hard as it is, you got to go. This, If you're finding it's not healthy or conducive to you being happy, it's okay to leave. And it might not, he might not walk out of your kid's life. I don't, I don't think that's, you know, necessarily guaranteed. Do you think it would wake him up? I'm not sure. I think maybe. It's tough to say. So, I mean, at this point in time, you know, you, you, you bring it to the part where he has to go function. It kicks him into gear. It might turn him around. Being an electrician, he can make a wonderful living being an electrician. Seems like she's kind of been there, done that a little bit. And I I think she's just kind of, it almost to me feels like she's just holding on for the wrong reasons. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any question that that to, to certainly take the space, you know, he's on his own, let him go figure it out. Doesn't mean that you're waiting for him, you know, go on with your life. But I guarantee you, he is going to wake up when he's on his own. He's never had to be on his own. And I can't understand why she was dealing with a problem with his family. Uh, and they were on her. Why is she supporting the nut? Unless they were trying to tell her, get him out of there, make him work. And we don't know really what was coming back from from them on that uh, conversation. Uh, well, we do have an ideal outcome and additional info. The additional info kind of does speak a little to that, just kind of saying lots of trauma with his family and there's been physical fights between them. Between? The boyfriend and his family i see like the boyfriend fighting physically with his family so ideal outcome is to be able to finally let go of him and create a better life for my daughter well she has all the power for that because she obviously has no problem making money to support what she has to do i mean far as babysit i don't know if, if the husband was watching the the child while she was at work we don't know what was going on there with Mm-hmm. And if there's other ways of, of who's going to help in that case that she'll have to figure out or organize, but there's no doubt that her life will turn around if she makes him go on his own, makes a separation, goes on with her life. And I would never put it past the fact that he would wake up and try to get her back. Yeah. Well, and I do have a lot of respect for her in the sense that she had her child in mind. She had her future and their you know the dream of the relationship she held on to that mm-hmm. she stuck it out to see if it would change absolutely and i do respect that instead of just like in initially when things change like you're were, you're were saying you know you understand periods of unemployment but when you really see someone's lack of effort lack mm-hmm. of i'm assuming lack of relationship you know you fall out of love and that goes on for long enough i think this decision has been made. It sounds like you've already made this decision. 
And I think you will be much, much happier. I mean, just imagine, it's tricky going through divorce, especially with a child, but imagine a partner that cares and loves and supports you and is grinding. I mean, it, it sounds like you want someone who's inspired and driven and still can do all the family stuff, still can be a big part of a relationship. And it's out there and you'll find that person. I think you'll just look back and think, you know, I gave it, I gave it the best shot I could. It didn't work out. And now I gotta, I gotta find, you know, happiness for myself and for my daughter. Yeah, she's trying, she's trying to build a family, a, a working, a mechanically working family with, with all the trimmings. And yeah. she's not getting that with him. Yeah. Well, especially when you choose your game over your family. Yeah. Well, and he's not, you know, he's not incompetent. He's been able to go to a trade school and Absolutely. become an electrician, which takes a, a certain amount of dedication, intelligence, all of these things. He, But he chooses not to because he chooses not to work more because it's just too much work. So our writer picks up all the slack. So I don't know, call it he's been enabled so long from a family that's well off or whatever, you know, it is. So I think this might be the putting your foot down that he needs to wake up. I don't, I don't know if anything else has been tried, but it's not, it's not worth it. I think like you said, Justin, she's really stuck it out and put in the work to see if things can turn around and work. And I think something at least like that I can relate to is like growing up in a single mom home, there's kind of this pressure to do things the right way, like air quotes on right, where you get married and then you have kids and you're not a single parent and this and that and that. And it's like, uh, here we are, like here I am, like just because you're raised by a single parent doesn't mean, you know, your kid's getting any less love or stability or, you know, things like that. So I, I think your ideal outcome where you say, create a better life for my daughter, you're going to do that by creating a better life for yourself, where your daughter gets to see you happy and healthy mm -hmm. and whole. Yeah. That's, that, that's it in a nutshell. And I will definitely say when, when he is uh, put basically out on the street, he will get his act together to go find a place. He has no choice. But he will, I mean, he may go back to his parents' house and they may enable him to, for that same behavior. And they may say, sorry, you you have a son or a daughter and you have to go be a parent. Hopefully. Yeah. And I think there's a way to amicably do this where you say, hey, I want to be done. But obviously we should take the next three months. You get your own place mm -hmm. and I'm not going to kick you out, but it's time. Yeah. This this just isn't working, and you you transition it on in a way that's going to be easy and healthy for your kid, and you right. know it, the, it checks all the boxes. And the last thing that you really want to do, which becomes very, which is a fine line, is that as you are telling you, you know, you got to get a job or you got to do this, you become his parent, and the last thing that is going to be healthy is for your for your own life is that you become his parent and not his mate. Right, And so the faster you say, I'm just not going to live life this way, and you can live it any way you want, you're, you're saying as an equal, go have your life. You want to do that, that's great, but I'm not, on, I'm not on that boat, and I'm off the boat. And when you send him into his own boat, that's when he will wake up and say, you know something, 
I have totally fucked up. I have made a mistake. And hopefully he'll do this and he'll grow from it and really dial himself and start putting the hours and finding what that responsibility is, where you then are able to build a life and friends and a home where it's not about playing games, you know, coming home and turning the TV off and doing video games, but really coming home, building a life with you, being a part of the, the, the function of the, house, of the home, of the family, and also bringing friends and other involvement in your lives on a positive level. Yeah, and I, I also think, you know, just because he wakes up, it doesn't mean he needs to wake up for you. Like you can still move on mm -hmm. and he can wake up for himself and being a better dad mm -hmm. and a partner to the next person because, right. you know, the reality is the feelings might be gone they, and they're, yeah, they're gone. Right. I'm with you. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of happiness to be had and it's just getting over that initial hump of saying goodbye to the life you thought you were going to have and really wanted and it's kind of grieving you grieve that it's it's tough to move on well it, it is it it, it 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 there is a a, a certain um, time of grief that will go through this because it's the death of the of, of that relationship mm -hmm. and change there will, there will be that cycle yeah okay well that's all i have okay well thanks so much for watching us and are we doing a patreon we're off to patreon so we hope to have you join us on Patreon. And if you are new to the show and you're catching up, don't forget to press the subscribe button. And yeah, have a great yeah. week. And we'll see you next week. And let us know about your Valentines when you uh, do your write-ins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>